Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Southbridge Weekly. Um, we are continuing in our series of bite-sized beliefs. Uh, this is week 12, actually, I believe. Um, and normally, I'm joined by Pastor Todd, but today I'm joined by Philip Clayman. Hey, how's it going? Just <laughs> going good. Good. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're thankful. It's, I think uh, you got lucky that Todd didn't stick you with um, election. We're going to talk about that uh, in two weeks. <laughs> and he jokingly said, I think we'll just move that up. And I, I said, no, don't do that to him. Yeah, I thought I was going to be surprised with church discipline or something. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about atonement today. I'm excited about that. Yes, atonement <laughs> is, our, is our subject for today. And if you want to talk about church discipline, I mean, I guess we can. Uh, we'll just make it a second episode. Everybody can tune back in. <laughs> So, um, in the past couple weeks, um, we have talked about um, implications of sin. Um, we've also talked about the doctrine of Christ and uh, the, and the Messiah. So, what we're moving into, we've already said, is atonement. So, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a conversation on what atonement is and uh, why it was necessary, um, why Jesus had to die, those kind of things. So, what does atonement? Um, what does it actually mean, like to you? Um, maybe definition-wise. Yeah. Um, so atonement to me, you know, so I, you know this, Brandon, but for those who don't, I'm a father of four. Mm. Um, and so I, I regularly think of things in terms of the analogy of parenting, right? If God's a father to us, I, for a lot of times I just compare things to parenting. Mm. And atonement is to make amends for something that was wrong, right? Mm. It's like a reparation or to, to correct something that you did wrong. Yeah. And so, you know, I, let's say my child is eating at the dinner table and we we serve them green beans and they say, I don't like green beans. And they take the plate and throw it across the room out of anger. Realistic also. Yes. Yes. It has happened. <laughs> <laughs> not to green beans though, not to not green beans, but right. um, my child, my children sometimes get mad and they sometimes act out of that anger and they do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And in those moments I, I turn to them and I expect them to make amends. Mm-hmm. And there's two components to this. The first one is that they are um, regretful. Right. They're repentant mm-hmm. and they, they recognize that that was wrong. Yeah. That's kind of one component. I, dad, I recognize I'm wrong or I messed up. And sometimes I have to teach that to them. Like, yeah. Hey, did you know that that's not okay? And this is why that's not okay. Yeah. And so they recognize it's not wrong, mm-hmm. but I would say atonement it, in this scenario is a step further where they, where they actually have to correct the wrong. Mm-hmm. They go down, they get on the ground and they pick up their green beans and they put it back on their plate. Yeah. So there's this component of repentance and regret, and, um, and, and that's kind of more of a, a mentality. And then there's this action to correct it. Yeah. And atonement t- touches on both of those. Yeah. Um, it's, it's this wanting to make amends for a mistake or an incorrect action. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and one thing we're going to get into in a little bit is like why, why, and I guess we can just get into it now because you kind of touched on it. It kind of leads right into it is why then was it necessary for someone else to atone for what we did? Because that is what happened, and that's what we've learned about in the doctrine of Christ. So, you know, in the scenario that you gave, um, you know, your kids mm-hmm. can get down, and yep. they can clean up their mess. Yep. And, you know, maybe they don't do it perfectly. You still got to wipe up the green bean juice, Yeah. right? Yep. But for the most part, they have kind of made up for what they did, mm-hmm. um, and then you move on with your life. Yeah. But we couldn't do that with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go back to things like, um, you go back to things like uh, animal sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, even that wasn't a perfect atonement. atonement. It yep. just was a temporary thing. It made it made um, it okay for that moment. But what they weren't going to do is they weren't going to then be able to 
live in any kind of mm-hmm. perfection. Yep. And according to Paul, it was also a visual reminder of sin. I mean, it was meant to remind you of sin. Yeah. It was meant to almost take you to that place of repentance, of mm-hmm. recognizing that I've done something wrong or that I did something wrong. And then I think you bring up an incredible point about the atonement of Christ Mm -hmm. is that the, the, the sacrifice he made, the atonement he made, the, uh, the, the mistakes that he fixed were our mistakes that, as you said correctly, we couldn't fix ourselves. (laughs) My children can get down and pick up green beans. The chasm that's created in relationship between us and God because of sin is far too great for us to be able to accomplish on our own. Yeah. And that's the the beauty and the magnitude of Christ's life, death and resurrection being an atonement for our sin mm-hmm. so that we can come back to have a relationship with him. Yeah. So we talked about then why it was so that's kind of like why it was necessary. It's I mean it's not something that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um we can't just make make amends. The other thing that I think comes up a lot um is like why then was like kind of diving into like the the um, uh, nuts and bolts of it. Like, why did he have to be live a perfect life? Like, you know, like why mm-hmm. could it not just have been like, you know, mm-hmm. Billy that just, you know, oh, I'm going to die for the sins of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that anyone would do that if they weren't fully God because there's also the implications of that yeah. as well, that that meant that it was your, the only person who could do that was yeah. God. Yeah. And which is a whole nother thing that blows your mind. Yeah. So, that that is one thing that I kind of want to talk about is why is it then um, necessary mm-hmm. for the sacrifice to be perfect? Yep, um, it had to be Jesus, and yeah. he had to pick live a perfect life. Uh, after Jesus raised from the dead, he was meeting with his disciples, um, and at one point he said, "Was it not necessary for the Christ to die?" Yeah, and Jesus himself, after the resurrection, said to his disciples, "Was it not necessary that mm-hmm. the Christ should die?" So it was necessary. I mean, we could just take Christ at his word if we wanted to, right, because yeah. he doesn't lie. Yeah. But to, to even unpack it further, the, co- the old covenant was a covenant between God and man. Mm-hmm. And clearly man was the end of that covenant that was not upheld. Yeah. And the reason why it had to be Jesus and the reason why he had to live a perfect life was because the only covenant that would work is one between God and God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the only one who's not going to break the covenant. He's the only one that's not going to break the covenant. Yeah. Uh, according to the, the verse in Numbers, that he's not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he needs to repent. Yeah. He is perfect. He is righteous. And so it took God himself humbling himself to becoming a man in the form of Jesus or yeah. Jesus coming down from heaven. Yeah. And he had to live a perfect life. He couldn't be sacrificed as a baby because we need that obedience that he lived given to us. Yeah. <laughs> freely given to us. Mm-hmm. He needed to live, live a life of obedience. Otherwise, the sacrifice um, isn't um, isn't as meaningful because... He didn't have an opportunity to sin. He didn't have temptation of sin. He didn't walk through the desert with Satan, right? And being yeah. tempted in the desert. And so it was important for him to live that life of obedience because through his life of obedience, we see our imperfections, we see our disobedience, and we are given his obedience. Yeah, and it, and then Paul talks talks about it, um, that you know through the actions of one man, sin entered the world, mm. but then through the obedience of another man, yes. Um, there was a made a way for us to be made right with God. Mm-hmm. And that is the crucial then part is, you know, if he hadn't been tempted, if he hadn't come to earth and lived as a man, mm-hmm. then what do we like? How does, there's no obedience in that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. He humbled himself and in a way that bends your mind. Mm-hmm. He was obedient to himself. You know, he's, he's obedient mm-hmm. and passes that on 
mm-hmm. in the same way that Adam passed on disobedience. Yep. And that obedience also plays into the um, constant nature of God. And mm-hmm. one of his characteristics, characteristics being that he's just. Yeah. If Christ had not lived an obedient life, mm-hmm. um, let's say he lived a disobedient life. Well, then his death would have really been able to cover only his own sins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, God's just, and there is disobedience and there is sin that needs a consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is, that is God hates sin, right? He's yeah. always hated it and he still hates it. It's worth remembering that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. He hates sin yeah. and we are separated from him because of that disobedience mm-hmm. and Jesus being perfect. Mm-hmm. If he he was obedient, and therefore, because he was obedient, he suffered a sinner's death. That obedience is now counted towards us because our disobedience was counted towards him. Mm-hmm. He bore our wrath. We get to receive his glory, and it's a gift freely given. Yeah. Sometimes another thing that comes up, and people talk about atonement, is why is it necessary that someone would actually have to die? I think a lot of people wrestle with that question of like, well, why didn't he just, you know, now we're saved, you know, like, and I think that's something I, I struggle with for, for a little while too, mm-hmm. is like, that seems like a, that seems kind of like a convoluted way, God, when you are all powerful and can just save us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of already mentioned this, but I think that really speaks into the, this, the, the nature of God and how it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, he made it very clear from the beginning what his nature is. He's loving kindness. He's full of gentleness and grace and loving, but he hates sin and he will judge mm-hmm. sin and he is against sin. Yeah. He had a purpose and an intent for creation and creation missed it. Yeah. And he hates that Yeah, <laughs> because he wants it the way he intended it. Yeah. And so th- that brings us to Jesus who lived a perfect life, who redeemed this for us, who atoned for our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if it was done any other way, I think it speaks against the character of God. Mm-hmm. It says that he can change, that yeah. he can change his mind. Who says that he may not just today, if he is a God who changes his mind today, he could say, you know what? Never mind. I don't accept Jesus' sacrifice and forget it. You're all going to hell. Mm, (laughs) He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so therefore there had to be a penalty for sin. According to the Bible, the penalty of sin is death. Yeah. And so he had to to die on our behalf. Not just that. He he did it in a way that was full of suffering, right? Not Mm -hmm. just physical suffering, but he literally bore all of our sin. There was spiritual suffering on the cross. Yeah that he bore for us. Uh, and, and then once again, going to what Jesus said, it had to be this way. Was it not necessary? Yeah. And I trust him at that. Um, yeah. I think for us, it's, it's easy from our perspective to say, well, God, why not this? Why not that? Yeah. Um, and I think our ideas are pretty funny, right? Once again, kind of going back to the parenting analogy, yeah. when my two-year-old gives me a suggestion on how I should drive, it's kind of funny and yeah. it happens, right? Yeah. Let's say, Hey dad, you should just go faster and go on that side of the road. And I'm like, well, you don't understand what you're doing (laughs) and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Mm -hmm. And so we can question and we can ask what ifs and why nots. But at the end of the day, God made it clear that this was how it was meant to be done. Mm -hmm. And this is how God orchestrated it. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to say that this is what had to be done, Mm -hmm. but we also shouldn't give the impression as if God was like pinned up into a corner to do something he didn't want to do. He orchestrated it this way. Yeah. And he did this because one, he loves us. Mm-hmm. He loves us. He yeah. wanted to reveal his love to us. Yeah. But I would say more importantly, he loved the son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves himself and he loves his righteousness and he loves his glory and he loves his nature and he reveals it 
perfectly in his self-sacrifice on the cross. Yeah. Which is, and we talked about this earlier, like when you think about it, the, the person that you wronged still cared enough about you and from, and before you even wronged them cared enough about you that they knew, all right, well I can't, that he can't make up for that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make up for it. Because I, I care about them that much. Mm-hmm. And that will, um, that is a humbling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is um, one of the most important things that you can take away from our discussion about atonement, actually, mm-hmm. is that God cared enough mm-hmm. that while you had done something despite him, mm-hmm. he didn't react like you and I would act. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, maybe not against our kids, but you know, other, other relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you spite me. I'm going to, it's maybe I forgive you, mm-hmm. but you're, but I'm not going to like then bring you a piece of cake, you yeah. know, like that's not, <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He's like, Hey, I'm, I love you mm-hmm. and I'm making up for it. And don't yeah. like, that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. Did something that he knew that we could not do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. It, it does two things. One, it, it, at least for me, it creates a sense of awe towards him. Right. Mm-hmm. And just kind of a sense of wonder, like, yeah. wow, um, that he orchestrated this, that he's the same yesterday, today and forever, that he is full of love, that he is truly just, that he doesn't change. Yeah. Um, it really creates a sense of awe and wonder uh, because we really are just a speck. Yeah. <laughs> My child just dropping green beans is not even comparable to the difference between us and God yeah, <laughs> and how much greater he is than us and how much wiser he is than us and how his ways are so much higher than ours and how he knows what he's doing and he can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also um, gives us a, a, a very large caution sign for becoming judgmental or withholding forgiveness from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it really puts a quick halt to this notion that we can actually look at others and in a judgmental way say, wow, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve good things. They don't deserve God's love. They don't deserve whatever. Mm. And it's so easy for us to get judgmental like that. It's amazing how we take this free gift and immediately turn around just like in the parable that Jesus shared. And we start going back to other debtors and saying, well, you don't deserve this and you don't deserve that. And you're terrible and you're bad. And even if we don't say it, sometimes we think it. And, um, Boy, what what a scary place! Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if we were truly think about it, really the only thing that's different between us and them is Jesus. Yeah. I uh, I one time this was a couple of years ago. I, I had a friend, or I was going through a pretty tough time, and it had to do with a relationship with another person, and, and mm-hmm. things were not going well, and we were butting heads on something and not seeing things eye to eye, and they were wronging me, and they were actually wrongly accusing me of something, mm-hmm. um, lying about me, saying mm-hmm. I did something that I didn't do right. to try and harm me. Yeah. And it made me mad because well, that course, yeah. is not fun and that's yeah. hurtful and that's hard to take. And I was talking with one of my best friends about it and I was sharing this with him and I'm just mad and I'm probably just spitting off mean things at the other person. Like they're a terrible person. I can't believe they do this. I can't believe they do that. And I'll never forget his answer because that other person wasn't a believer mm-hmm. uh, that, I, that I was going through this with. And I'll never forget his answer. He said with genuine compassion in his voice, he said, well, Philip, what do you expect? They don't have the spirit of God. Hmm. And I was insanely convicted. Yeah. And suddenly my heart started to break. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bulk, the anger, the frustration started to turn into weeping and sadness because I started to realize that, wow, the only difference between me 
and that person is mm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference between me and that person is the atonement on the cross. The only right. difference between me and that person is the spirit freely given by Jesus so that I can walk by the spirit and not uh, carry out the desires of the flesh. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and so it's so important. This is why atonement is so important. It's one of the reasons. Right. It's one of the many, many reasons yeah, why lots, atonement yeah. is so important is to remind us that we're no better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And the moment we start becoming judgmental towards other others, we have missed the gravity of the atonement of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, man, that's a, it's a beautiful point because mm-hmm. it, we do so often like we live in, you know, it's like we live out of, a like it says, you know, live out of obedience and sometimes we don't do a good job of that, but we, mm-hmm. but we live out of the, the, um, realization like, Oh, my son's covered. Mm. but I'm not, but yours is not, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's how we feel. Yep. Like maybe, maybe you're going to heaven, but it doesn't, it doesn't solve it with me. Yeah. And, uh, and that's so, like you said, that's one of the most important things about this conversation as we walk in our walks with Christ is, you know, obviously you need to understand mm. your sin has been forgiven. Mm. It was necessary that someone come and live a perfect life, shed their blood, and reconnect you with God and that yeah. there was no other way to do that because yeah. of the way that God prescribed it. Yeah. I mean, that is to sum down, we've talked about up to that point, up to this point, that is what we said. And that is, that's the doctrine of atonement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the application part is what you just said. Mm-hmm. So then we're called to love other people yeah. through the lens of the atonement mm-hmm. that, you know, he didn't just die for me. Yeah. He didn't just die for you. Yep. It was for everyone. That's right. There's a verse in First Peter that says, um, for Christ died for sins once for all, the mm-hmm. just for the unjust. Yeah. <laughs> once for all. Yeah. And so I think you're, you're absolutely right. The application here is, and I encourage everyone who's listening, I, I'm encouraging myself and you, mm-hmm. who are we easily judging? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's, let's, let's see that caution light blinking in front of us, right? Yeah. That if we look at a group of people and, and easily judge a group of people and thinking that we're better than them, we may not fully grasp the doctrine of atonement. Yeah. We may not actually be fully accepting yeah. the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. If we're able to look at another group and judgmentally say, well, you don't deserve it. Yeah. Whether it's a different political party, whether it's a different nation, whether it's a different sporting team, whether it's a different church, yeah. whether it's a different business, you name it. Yeah. This levels the playing field. None of us are righteous. None of us deserve life. All of us deserve death. And the only thing that sets us apart in the church that makes us beautiful and the bride of Christ and a lamp on a hill and the salt of the earth is the salt of the earth and the light of the world, Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end our discussion because that really is the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. So again, guys, I hope that this is impactful in your walk with Christ I'm hoping it informs the way that you that you live, um, that you will love others. Um, I know it's been challenging for me, um, just as we talked about it. Like, who are the people that I, you know, maybe not explicitly judge, but do it in the quiet in the back of my head, and just think these little thoughts. And that's not of Christ, because that is, like we have said, belittling the work of atonement. That it was for everybody. So I want to thank you for coming, Philip. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, We'll have to have you on more often because it's a lot of fun whenever we do these. We end up up talking a lot longer, um, I think, after we turn off the mic or or even before sometimes. So 
Uh, we won't record that and subject everyone out there to listen to <laughs> But, um, guys, um, if you have been impacted by this, we'd love to hear about that. Um, you can email us at info at southbridge.cc. Um, until next week, we love y'all. Grace and peace. Thank you.